Um, so, episode is this 33? <laughs> Let's count how many episodes we're up. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, it is 33. Yeah. Uh, 33, excellent. So, huge thanks to, to Jonathan Heath, Jono, which we can refer to you for the round talk. Um, from Podiatry Hive, CEO of Podiatry Hive, I believe. Correct me if I've got that wrong. Um, we've had talks or episodes previously about, uh, we've had one about business with Dow, we've had one about marketing and media with Jill Woods. And obviously, Jono brings sort of a wealth of experience and knowledge in, in business and marketing, but tags on to those nicely. We're just going to crack on with, with one question that came in. Uh, to me in the UK via email, uh, Jono, which um, is, what what is Dietary Hive? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I apologise on behalf of the whole of the UK for not having heard of you, but just, just in case there's people in the audience that, that don't know, you, you know, what you are and what you're about, what, how would you summarise what Dietary Hive is? Well, thank you, Ian. And I, I think uh, for the, you know, since the... We're talking, both of us in Australia, you could, perhaps you could be Griffo for the uh, duration of this call. <laughs> so you, you can have, have, your, have your Aussie name. <laughs> but the Hive is... Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> the Hive is a place where uh, practitioners can come to just get a lot of business resources and, and help with transforming their practice. I mean, that's why we operate to transform practitioners into successful business owners and uh, we really do that through providing business education, business coaching, a whole wealth of resources in our toolbox and we've also recently started rolling out um, systems documentation and processes for practitioners and, and working with their uh, their teams to set up a lot of task automation and process automation in, in a like a business framework. Uh, on in fact, we use Podio to use that. And so those those three ways: uh, education, coaching, and implementation, which follows from that. Perfect. So I know of a couple of. of clinicians in the UK that, that that use you guys for guy you know for mentoring and coaching and they, they speak incredibly highly of you. For anyone in the UK who is watching who thinks uh, I want a bit a bit more info, how does it how does this work? How do you based in Australia provide all of that guidance and mentoring to people based in the UK? Is it all done online? Is it is it calls like this? I mean logistically how do you provide business coaching with when you're literally the opposite side of the, of the world? It's interesting, isn't it, that um, you think about uh, how education has been delivered. And if you think about even how you do university, I think I remember when I went to university, it was all lectures with the uh, the overhead projector with the, the little transparency over the top of it. And we all wrote in books on paper and we... Uh, Com, you know, we went to the the computer lab, which was this bank of uh, computers. And now, when you go to uni, a lot of it is delivered online, and it's uh, you know sometimes you hardly ever see your lecturer. And the way that we're talking now is an awesome way to actually connect with people. Um, I, I guess sometimes the time zones, as 
experienced on a morning like this when Craig and I are up at uh, half past four in the morning and you're sitting back <laughs> kicking in the evening uh, is, is a challenge. But it is. It's through technology like this. It's through online learning, so through learning management system. And uh, But then it is also in person. So the way that we deliver our coaching is one-to-one, just like this, uh, with a coach. We do have a coach in the UK as well, so it's, you know, same time zone. And uh, we also run quarterly events for Mastermind. So we get into this cadence of communication where clients meet with their coach uh, on a monthly basis. On a quarterly basis, we actually all meet in person for a couple of days and we, we do a training day and then a, a kind of a Mastermind day, which is almost like a, a board of directors getting together and, and chatting to each other. And then in between, there's all of these different forms of, well, social media or online uh, forums or, you know, as you would know with yourself, Craig, you've got a massive community of people all in the podiatry arena forum and uh, sharing information all around the world um, online. And so the traditional uh, consulting model is, is a little bit different where if you think of a corporate consultant would go in and they would probably almost work inside a big corporate organisation. And in podiatry or in any health practice, that's a little bit prohibitive because you have somebody coming on board and they maybe come and do two days work for you and maybe that's about you know, £10,000 worth of work, which doesn't really work <laughs> for a health practice. Um, and so we have a, a leverage delivery model that uh, hopefully is then a little bit more affordable for practitioners who, who really want to, you know, have a sounding board uh, with a group of other people who are in a very, very similar situation as well. So, yeah, power of technology that you guys are now utilising very well. Yeah. Actually, Jonathan, I just a little bit off topic, but when you started talking about the, 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 the you know, this ivory tower, you, you go to the lecture and the, the, the expert... <laughs> sends out his knowledge. I never forget this quote about what a lecture is from many years ago. A lecture is nothing more than when the information goes from the notes of the lecturer to the notes of the student and doesn't pass through the brains of either. (laughs) So this technology has just changed that. Just turns it around. It's it's, it's actually, it's it's all about interacting with content, not being having it expelled to you (laughs) or exposed to you by the, 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 the God at the the front of the lecture hall. It's interesting that you say that Craig, but what that makes me think about is, you know, what's the difference between teaching and coaching. And as a business owner, Hmm. uh, you you probably need to be involved in both with anyone that you're bringing onto your team. You you do need, particularly if say you're going to bring on a new podiatrist, you need to be able to mentor them and teach them clinical skills because when they come out of university, uh, there's still so much they need to know. And but you're also going to need to use coaching or mentoring skills, which are kind of a little bit different. Where you're not actually saying, right, do this, do this, do this. It's kind of questioning to them to, you know, work out, you know, how they want to craft their career, uh, where they want to specialise to follow their interests. There's so much that people can actually follow in podiatry. And I think that's often a, a very big distinction that we make with business coaching versus just business education. Um, and I'd like to think that, you know, you can go and, you know, get tick off your CPD and hopefully there is 
some kind of uh, leftovers left in the brain as you're taking the notes from the lecture or when you're doing your CPD. But when you get into a coaching relationship, it's it's really about challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. And whether that's business coaching or whether that's you as the principal in your practice coaching and mentoring your team members, whether it's your, your pods or whether it's your administrative uh, team members, then that's the, the kind of skills that I think you really need to learn as a business leader. And I, I say business leader, and a lot of you guys may be out there as a single practitioners, but um, look, that's something if you can develop those skills, even as somebody who doesn't have a, a big practice, mm. it's really going to help you with your patience as well. Mm. Because, you know, what we know about patient outcomes is that, if you can influence the behaviours of your patients, that's probably going to have a much bigger kick and knock-on effect on you know, whether they have a, a good outcome than the actual treatment that you give in the first instance. Yeah. Yeah, um, Nikki, Nikki just asked a question that, that you, you've, answered, you've, you've answered already, but I'll, I'll just repeat it. She just sort of asked what the difference between coaching and, coaching and mentoring was. But I think it leads into a question that I, I'm hoping I'm not stealing your thunder in about just the importance of, of actually having a, a business coach um, or, or a mentor to, to, to you know, what's involved in actually being coached by a, a business coach or a mentor. Are you are you throwing that to back to Ian, or you oh, you, no, you, you no, want no, me to no. have a crack at that one? No, what I meant was I think it's on Ian's list of questions, so I'm probably stealing his thunder. <laughs> oh, um, I, I see, I see. <laughs> I'm no businessman. That's one. That's on you. That one. <laughs> I, I actually see a lot of a lot of similarities in the the coach um, business owner relationship to the health practitioner patient relationship and I know when you you know my GP is so big on the importance of continuity of care and not just going and seeing the the random GP from one of those super clinics and never seeing anybody who actually gets to know you and I think when you when you think about like what what does a, a business coach do they have a relationship with you as a whole person who is a podiatrist, who is uh, a business owner, who has a whole heap of other things which are actually important going on in their life. And it's, it's their job to help you work out. And, and when any business coach starts with you, not just us, they'll look at, okay, let's get a little bit clear about what you're trying to create here. What's the scale of it? Are you trying to build an empire or are you just trying to get really efficient by working as a single practitioner. So you'll, you look at uh, what, what's that big vision because there's no point in going and saying, right, let's do this really fancy website and put massive amounts of marketing into this when if your vision for the practice is you being a practitioner who has really good systems but it's just going to be you and maybe you're doing a bit of um, uh, mobile stuff or, or whatever uh, in trying to build something massive at the front end if that's your vision so it's just getting really clear about what is that vision where are you going to go and then um, then working backwards from there so that then you start um, uh, working out well how am I going to get there and I, I guess there's also a lot of and it, it sounds really basic but a lot of work on okay well let's 
look at what you've got to start off with. What's the situation with the financials? Let's do a, a really in-depth investigation of what your practice looks like. Do you have vision and values in your practice and, and a, a clear purpose for why you're doing it? Do you have, um, do you have an idea of what's happening with all your metrics? Are you across the financials? Do you know where the money's going and where it's coming from? Uh, do you, um, do you have systems to actually bring in patients? Do you have relationships with other people? So that's the marketing piece. Uh, do you have a team and do you, do you actually all have responsibilities and roles? Um, what else? Uh, do you have an, an operation of documented processes? So this is the way that we do things in this practice. And then I guess finally the thing that would then pull all of that together is uh, just having, I guess we would call it the habits of high performance. Do you have a... Uh, a real handle on your own, well, your own stuff. We, we, in, in the Hive, we, we had this 6Ms framework, so we would go through all of that mapping, manual, uh, your, your team stuff, the marketing. We call that final piece mastery, but, you know, you might call that leadership and um, being able to actually pull that all together. So the coach will look at all of that and help you get really clear on planning out what that all looks like, what it looks like now, where you'd like it to take you, and then over time, they'll work with you just little by little to help you decide, okay, I've got to get all of this right to, I mean, here's my ideal vision of the, what it is, whatever it is out there, my ideal practice. The coach's job is to help you in those increments, little by little, to just chip away. What's the next most important thing to get right? And they, they work as a kind of a sounding board. And also, there'll be somebody, hopefully, who's uh, learned a lot about your profession. Uh, and also, or, or maybe there'll be somebody who's actually been there and they're, you know, 10 steps ahead of you. Um, not necessarily have, you know, coaching, mentoring, quite similar. Obviously, a mentoring situation, often it's not paid. But again, if you're looking for a mentor, you'll be looking for that person who has done it or have a, a lot of knowledge in that space. And so it's, again, just chipping away, chipping away. And over time, like the relationship that you would have with your patient, you would get to know what your patient is like, what they want, what their bigger picture context is. You know, why, why is it actually important for them to... Uh, improve this particular thing. It's not like you're just treating a problem when you're a um, podiatrist. You're treating the whole person and in exactly the same way. A business coach is helping that person create what they want so that it supports all of the other stuff that's important in their life. Yeah. Just, to, I mean, historically, I find it interesting if you go back 20, even 30 years and you pick up a chiropractic magazine, there's, they've always had advertisements for business coaches, for mentors. Um, and it's always intrigued me that chiropractors seem to be leading the way on that, whether it's because they just tend to be more business orientated. I, I don't know why. And I think podiatry is a bit late to the game. Um, since the podiatry hives come on the scene, I, I think there are quite a few other organizations getting involved. So I wonder if you've got any comments on why you think podiatry is a bit late coming to the party. 
it's, it's, I've noticed this too, Craig. I did a workshop in Perth a couple of years ago and there was a guy who, and it, it was, the, just by the way, it was how to, the topic of the, the workshop was um, how to prepare your business for sale. How to prepare your business for sale. And there was a guy in there, and one of my things I often do at the beginning of a workshop is say, well, how, how many years have you actually been in business? And this guy goes, oh, I've, been, I've had a practice for 37 years, but podiatry practice is not a business. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> come you're at this workshop. You've been doing this for 37 years and it's not a business. But yeah. the fact is we're in this thing which uh, people often self-identify as being a podiatrist or, you know, in the past being a chiropodist. And uh, I think... There's just there just hasn't been that transition in, and it's just a it's a it's a mindset transition I think from being a podiatrist to being a podiatrist and also being a business owner, and for whatever reason I think perhaps because um, I mean it's slightly different history in in, in the UK and in uh, Australia, but in Australia I think it's been very closely tied to the medical model. In the UK, I think what we've seen, particularly over the last 15 years, is you know, I think maybe fifth. Well, you, you'd know better than me, Ian, but I think probably uh, 15 years ago, you would have seen graduates coming out of uni. Probably there would have been jobs in the NHS for 99% of them. Whereas, yes. if if you're looking at your options. Uh, at the end of uni now in the UK, uh, there's not 99, there's not enough jobs for 99% of the um, podiatrists who are graduating in the NHS, and so people are thinking, okay, well, this I, I want to be a podiatrist, I want to develop that as my career. What are the other options? And realizing that yes, it is also a business, and um, you know, awesome career choice. But I think the other thing is that uh, we probably touched on at the beginning as well, Craig, is this ability of uh, technology to come in and enable uh, information sharing about business and about anything, of course, uh, in, in such a much easier framework. You know, if you think about how chiropractors 30 years ago would have been advertising. I'd be fascinated to see the advertising in that magazine, by the way, right? Mm -hmm. um, I imagine it would have been selling big packages of books or uh, maybe it was that long ago, tapes, big yep, big yep. boxes yep. of tapes or something yeah, like audio, that. Audio, audio tape programs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, audio tape programs. And, uh, you know, all those, those people like Brian Tracy, for example, I noticed that um, Brian Tracy, awesome sales training for many, many, well, for decades. And probably back even 30 years ago, Brian Tracy's product would have been three, $5,000. And I noticed the other day on Udemy, Brian Tracy's same thing. I guarantee it's exactly the same thing, but it's more polished and it's in videos. It was on special for $15. <laughs> and... Uh, so he's obviously, you know, he's got a, a massive market potential through Udemy there. Great content, but leveraged through that delivery because it's all delivered online. I think, you know, podiatry is probably uh, 
woken up to that. On the Cairo uh, comment, one criticism, certainly in the UK, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, one criticism that gets uh, pointed towards some Cairos is that they incredibly good at business but sometimes that business approach that they're incredibly good at having completely full lists for weeks and weeks and weeks but there's been questions that sometimes come at the cost of a good clinical reasoning good decision making even even ethics you know you need they build this dependent you need to come back you know every you look at this package now um is that something that ever gets pointed in your direction is that something is that a concern people bring to you when they first hear about sort of business mentoring and how you're going to sort of help you with their practice? Or is that something you don't really come across? Uh, look, I, I guess our clients are fairly self-selecting um, in that they are interested in business. But yeah, I, I definitely hear that. Um, but here's the thing. What's, what's the antidote to that? You've, you've mentioned a key word there, Ian, which is ethics. And I think the, the antidote to getting carried away with, focusing on business is making sure that you've got clear values in your practice and that you actually go through an exercise to work out exactly what those are and look, <clears throat> without going into a whole process of how you'd actually go and work through that it is it's a you know one of the things that you do first when you enter a coaching relationship with the hive is that you go and do an exercise, and if you've got a team, certainly do it with your team, is working out, okay, what's the big picture purpose? Why are we doing this? And then what are the values that we agree as a, as a podiatry team to um, act and behave by in our practice? And people will always come up with things that have the, the patient's best interest in mind. And one of the things that I like people to do in their business is to constantly reflect on the values and the purpose of the practice. And so whenever you're, you're thinking about new opportunities, those values and that purpose is in the back of your mind. And so you're identifying new opportunities based on are they actually consistent with what we've decided is the, the reason we're doing this and the values that we've decided that we like to show up. Uh, and if that's in the back of your mind when you're chasing business opportunities, if that's also in the, in the back of your mind when you're treating patients, then you're not going to go wrong then uh, in trying to take opportunities that potentially would not be in the best interest of the patients. Yeah, and that, that flows down from uh, you know, how you're choosing to do your marketing to how you're, you're choosing to prescribe a treatment plan. And I think one of the other things that I really like people to think about, um, and particularly to get across to their patients, uh, sorry, to their team members when they're treating patients, is, okay, if this was your brother or your sister or your mother or your uncle, or if this was somebody... Um, that you really cared about even outside of the practitioner-patient relationship, what would be the treatment plan that you would prescribe to them? And look, I, I, I guess, does it, does it come up with some people? Sure, I mean, there's going to be shonky practitioners in any profession, unfortunately. But I would hope 
that the people who are kind of self-selecting to come and work with us would self-select out uh, pretty quickly if they came and started working with us because that's that's the whole thing. I I, I guess um, you know it, it's I I think that those two things uh, mesh together really well: patient experience and good business good business practices. And I think they actually feed each other as well because the better the business is running, the more you're able to, and, and particularly financially, the more you're able to invest back into the, uh, the facilities that you're able to provide for your patients, the less stress as a practitioner you've got going on in the background for, oh, money worries, money worries, uh, so that you're then able to give your best self to your patients. And um, again, that's why I think they they mesh really nicely together. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, talking about self-selecting, you know, people obviously they hear about you, they Google you, they contact you, they they say they want some form of relationship, and we'll come on later to what what how that relationship can manifest, you know, what the options are. But one question I had was um, that I wrote down beforehand because I thought it was a reasonable one is. Of the people that sort of seek out your guidance, those self that self-selecting group that you refer to, do you have you noticed common common weaknesses amongst those people, or, or is there are there questions that, that new people that come to you always seem to have? Do you notice trends that, that you think right, almost every single person comes to me with the same weakness or the same question about their about their business? Yeah, look. Uh, <laughs> They're, they're all different questions, but they are generally arising from the symptom of feeling overwhelmed. So if you think about uh, your patients, they're coming to you and they're, they're like possibly different causes, different problems, but the symptom that they're feeling is pain somewhere. And so they're coming to you. In the, in the, the pain that our clients are feeling is overwhelmed with something that's that's generally it some people come for specific strategies so they'll say look um i think i need uh i need to do google adwords can you help me with google adwords and in, in, it's that to me that's kind of like something to someone coming to you to you and saying right how much are your orthotics and it's like well hang on a minute can we just step back Let's have a bit of a look at what's happening in the business first and see it may be that you don't need orthotics. Just like it may be that, well, Google AdWords might not be your problem. Um, really, you, you're not getting enough leads, but uh, let's have a bit of a look at it. Oh, look, you're not getting any referrals. Have you spoken to any of the other health professionals in your area uh, over the last five years? No, we've just been doing this. Well, you know what? It might actually be easier than uh, setting up a brand new website so that it's good for uh, sending Google AdWords traffic to, uh, to actually start doing some relationship building with other health professionals and other people who potentially might refer to you. Or, you know, it, and, it, and I guess that's it. They're, they're feeling overwhelmed because there's something going wrong in either the, the marketing, uh, maybe the delivery uh, and, and the operational side of it is a little bit chaotic. And so, again, it's, it's a, I get, look, I, as, as I'm speaking here, Ian, I keep thinking, you know, there's so many similarities. You, you're asking questions and then you think, okay, yep, 
That might be the problem. You're, you're diagnosing in a way and then you're prescribing. And um, in, it's, it's quite similar. So, you know, what would you prescribe? Well, if there's no plan and vision and you go back and you'd start working, working on that. Um, do you have other trusted advisors in your network? Maybe, you know, some people aren't keeping track of the numbers, which you know, is such a, uh, a big thing to be able to, if you can see the numbers in your practice, to be able to actually make informed decisions about some of the strategies that you're going to uh, implement in the future. Uh, a lot of the people are also very disorganized and, you know, we all do this. We start out a business. It's a great idea. We just, okay, we've got to solve this problem. So we do that. And then we, we've got to solve that problem. We do that. And then we create lots of things and they go in some drive somewhere and, oh, can't find that again. And so I have to recreate that. And then you get a new, uh, somebody, somebody new on reception. And there's, they're like, well, what do we do here? And it's like, oh, God, the, the, uh, the previous receptionist just had, that disc over there and that's where all the stuff is I, I don't really know so maybe there's no processes to actually show so you know it's there's a whole heap of little pieces that kind of stick together and, and work together and, and um, that drive a business and any one of them can be the cog that's putting it out of alignment that's perhaps how a chiropractor might talk about it um, <laughs> and uh, and 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 I guess then it's a matter of looking at the business a little bit more holistically. But, um, yeah, specific things. I don't know. I, I, I'm guessing that for anyone listening here, you may get that question a lot. How much does this cost at the beginning of the relationship? And, um, you know, I, I certainly uh, am someone who would advise the person who's picking up your phone to say, well, uh, what, what seems to be the problem? Have you actually been to see us before? And try and just do a bit of a triage to start off with uh, to see, look, is the problem that you're experiencing even something that our podiatrists deal with uh, before you start talking about, about price? Or, or worse still, having your front of house team diagnose somebody's foot problem over the phone for them uh, without without the podiatrist actually seeing them, and um, so, but generally, it, it'll be in one of those areas that people are are um, feeling the pain and offer it's not enough patience or not enough time, and those are the two big ones. Oh, actually, there is a third one. Once people get established, patience first, not enough time second, and then oh my god, I can't get anyone good to work for me or I'm having trouble getting this person to get on board with what we're about here at the practice. So it's team is the third one. Actually that one on getting the right people to work for you. I, I, I from all the people I talk to, that does seem to be their number one issue and, and one some struggle with. And, and I think, I think Jonathan, you, you know what I'm talking about too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we've also, touched already, Craig, on one of the key things to help differentiate you to attract the right team members, which is getting the vision and values right. And even in your advertising, when you're trying to employ a new pod or, or a new front of house person, is leading with, look, 
everybody is advertising for that skill set for a podiatrist. What is the thing that's actually going to make you stand out as a preferred employer? I would like to go and work for somebody that I trust, somebody that I like, somebody who believes the same things as me, um, somebody who has a vision that I can actually buy into, somebody who has similar personal values. Um, and so that's the kind of thing to put into the advertisement is to, to look at, okay, this is why we do this kind of stuff around here. Um, my business partner, Troy Parsons, who actually has a podiatry practice up in a, um, a regional town here in Australia called Toowoomba, is really, really clear about the purpose for their practice, which is very, very simple. It's at his practice, we are all about you realizing your potential and everything kind of flows from that. And when they're trying to recruit people, they're leading with that concept. Would you like to help people realize their potential? And by the way, we do that through all of these podiatry treatments and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you'll have to have all of that as well. But uh, that's the key thing that they use to actually attract um, talent who are on board with that bigger picture purpose for their practice. Yeah, it makes sense. So forgive me, forgive me, I mean, it will become abundantly clear as this time goes on, but I'm no businessman by a long, long way. I don't have my own practice, but I don't, um, don't know much about this stuff and I hold my hands up to that. So I'm probably the best person to ask these questions. I'm sure I'm not the only person out there that, 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 that knowledge in the area. How does it work if I decide I want, you know, I want mentoring? Um, and I can certainly see the value in that because I'm a clinical mentor. So I have someone that I can pick up the phone and I can call uh, and he's always there for me. I want to talk out a case or an idea for research. So I, I said, if I was a business owner, it, I would, it would absolutely make sense to me to have a similar person to call. But how does it work? Can, you know, do you have to subscribe to, to, to monthly sort of packages? Do you, can you just drop in and listen to podcasts or YouTube videos or pay for certain modules or PDFs? How, how does it how does it actually get delivered? Is there different ways for it to be delivered? Look, I, I think um, if you think about how you might start a relationship with either a potential referrer partner or if you're looking for an actual, you know, uh, clinical mentor, um, you're, you're going to want to start out with testing the relationship on something low value. Uh, so really with any mentor you should be looking at okay do they have some free resources and certainly that's where I would start there's a whole heap of things like registering for a webinar seeing what you think um, downloading a, a white paper or, or that kind of thing um, there are we, we have various different webinar replays that you can register for and, and check out so I did one recently just called the turnkey practice which was on systems so thinking about systems, go and have a look at that. Test the waters first to see if this is something that actually makes sense for you and your practice. And then if that is all good, then think about, okay, well, uh, perhaps booking in a, a, just a mini, mini chat, a mini review, even if it's just a 15 minute to have a quick overview of, okay, 
where are the gaps? I mean, we have this framework, our 6Ms framework, where we, we look at the map, the metrics, the manual, the marketing. My, that's, a, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Couldn't get anything to start with M that was my team. Anyway, so it's my team and, and personal mastery. <laughs> and, and it's like a, to do a quick overview of your, your current reality around that framework. And, um, and then um, we started off in the Hive where we just had a, a recurring subscription monthly. That's now changed a little bit because that part of it has become a buyer's group. And, um, and so there are, are courses which are just one-offs, which will be on each of those different areas. Or maybe it is a coaching relationship. And a coaching relationship, I always like to ask people to say, look, uh, commit yourself to doing this at least for nine to 12 months. I know a lot of coaches actually do contracts. We don't contract uh, at the hive and the reason for that is I, I kind of feel I don't want anybody working in a coaching relationship who doesn't feel that they're having a getting value but I, I do ask people to say look make you know make a personal commitment to yourself to do this for nine to twelve months because uh, you the, the changes that you probably want to make in your practice are not just going to be happening overnight and so then it's getting into that uh, cadence that we do you know you you, you start with a, an, a business analysis review uh, which is fairly comprehensive you would do it's a, it's a great one of those words uh, strategic alignment session those uh, those weasel words but really that's that's a session with your coach to work out okay what does everything look like in that framework and uh, what would I ideally like it to look like? And then start getting into that. Okay, where should we focus now? This is where we're going. Okay, let's focus on this. Let's focus on this. And um, and then that relationship starts. And we and of course we have a we have mastermind groups attached to that as well. So there's uh, a group of other people who are doing the same kind of thing in an online forum, uh, sharing their wins, sharing their challenges, uh, helping each other as well. But so, yes, step into it slowly and see if it suits you and, and then go on from there. And there's a, there's a few different things um, that we do. But I think that, you know, when you're going to get help with anyone, whether it's choosing your university or whether it's um, choosing the person that you would actually like to go and work for, and again, Craig, you said it's hard to hard to uh, get really good people. And and perhaps one of the questions, one of the things that I hear from a lot of other pods, Craig, is that um, it's really hard to attract good new grads. I'm not sure if that's been your experience too, Ian. But uh, what we know about the generations of millennials coming through is that they're quite picky about where they want to work. And, and you know how I was talking about the importance of you know, getting clear and publishing the purpose and the values? That's one of the things that you know, the research points to what millennials are actually buying into, which again is going to really affect how you present your practice when you're trying to attract new grads is having something to do that's meaningful, something that goes beyond just the work and just the clinical skills. 
something that has, you know, call it a higher purpose or whatever you like, but just something that has a little bit more meaning. And millennials are really much more invested in things that have meaning. And so, if, you know, if you can actually do that, again, to attract, uh, attract your new grads, then that would be really good. So, yeah, they're testing you out. And uh, as a potential client going to see a business coach, you should test them out as well, Ian. Yeah, good. I mean, it's great to hear that there's free content out there. So you can, like you say, a couple of webinars, a couple of white papers, a few downloads. And then and it's also great to hear there's no contract. So it's not like all or nothing. I think when I've spoken to people about anything, there's a reticence to sign up, whether it's you know the gym or something. I don't want, I don't want, uh, although you should be committing for 12 months, like you say, that's the right way to do it. That isn't always in the front of people's minds with regards to, I don't want to put up a, I don't want to sign a contract for 12 months and then in three months bail out, they won't let me out. I think, um, I think it's really, really good to hear that people have got those options. Can you, when we finish, can you drop a few of your, a few links into our comments underneath so that people can kind of check out some webinars and things? Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll do that. Awesome. Brilliant. Um, I, had, I don't know if you've got any questions, Craig. I've got, I've got another one here that, yeah, um, go ahead. that came to me. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing coaching and mentoring, coaching slash mentoring, apologies if I should use those interchangeably, but I'm guessing the internet has changed it a lot. We know this. We talked about this already. We touched on it. Um, it, it existed before the internet, I'm assuming, just in a bit of a different guise. You had to actually physically be in a room with someone. And I guess it's evolved over time and the internet and technology has allowed that. What does the future of coaching look like? So, I mean, I guess you guys, one of the things you do is you teach people how to future-proof their businesses. So be, you know, be Netflix, don't be Blockbuster. But your own business is coaching. How Looks like you've frozen there, but <laughs> so you did oh, sorry, freeze that freeze, freeze there for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think I get the I get the gist of that. And I, if you just think about where where coaching has come from, I think there's been a, a model in business for consulting for a very very long time, and uh, coaching has probably been a little bit newer to the game. And I think probably where coaching started was. Um, in, in, in corporates where there was somebody whose behavior was just not acceptable and so they'd need to get in a coach uh, to correct behavior. Now, the focus of coaching since those days has really changed and I think most coaches would tell you that they are trying to create what I mentioned before is high performance habits to develop to help develop a culture of high performance um, that starts with you as the business owner, but then filters down to other people in the team. So um, I think when you, when you think about the, the, the research on um, where, where people's careers are going, where the potential for work is heading in the future, it's all, a, there was a Deloitte study which came out last year about the skills that would be needed in the future. And it was all around these kind of soft skills. Um, people who have great interpersonal skills, people who are able to deal with people, 
they're going to be the skills, I think, and the skill set that is really important in the jobs of the future. Now, that's where I think coaches do come in, and that's why I think there is a good future in general for coaching. I think if you think about, okay, well, what are we at risk of in podiatry? Um, well, technology, uh, things that um, can actually fix you without anything else. I know there's, the, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the X Prize, uh, where there was a, a $20 million prize put up for somebody. Are you, are you a Star Trek fan at all, Ian? <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not sure you are, not. Craig. You're I'm, not. Are you, Craig? You would be. Okay. Craig, so you remember Craig, that Spock Craig had the, the, the was it the tricoder? <laughs> the tricoder. Do you know that little thing that yeah. it basically you wave it over somebody who was ill and uh, then you look at it and it would tell you all the vitals and you know exactly what you had to do. Well, the X Prize was this concept for uh, people or companies to develop the equivalent of that Star Trek tricoder. And um, it was actually awarded last year, about halfway through the year, to a couple of companies to develop this diagnosis tool. So we've got this technology happening in the background. We've got um, things that can be automated being automated. And, and we're <laughs> that's it. There you go. And so if you look up the X Prize, they actually, they actually were able to develop something that was, well, able to do that thing. Except instead of three things, the criteria for entry was that it could do 13 different functions uh, for, you know, medical analysis. So we know that all of these things are coming on stream. What are the things that uh, technology can't do very well? Well, it's all of that stuff which is... Um, in the space of human genius. It's the, the way that you're able to understand people's motivations for things. It's the way that you're able to um, analyse the, the meaning behind or the, the, the deeper root cause of somebody's problem. And, uh, then, and also then to give that context in their life. So I'm talking now as a, as a, you know, a practitioner with a patient relationship, that's, that's where your high value lies. It's in all of those things that are uniquely human. And then it's to then leverage the technology in the best way as it improves and always keep an eye on that. And so I think a coach's job is to really help you to develop those soft skills, which is so important. And also any good coach has to be really looking at the changes in technology because uh, you can so quickly get left behind in your ability to deliver best practice, whether that's in a coach-client relationship or a practitioner-patient relationship. So you have to keep your eye on the ball. So, yeah, I, I do see a, a great future in coaching. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I had one more question, um, which I... We've probably sort of already touched on, and it was, uh, it was, you know, do you have your top, you know, top, top three tips for the new, the new clinician slash business person? I mean, I guess we already touched on how individual the concerns and. Oh, oops, you're frozen again, there, Ian. It's, uh, 
Okay. I'll tell you what, while we yeah. wait for you to come back, let's, there was a, some... Raising. Oh, hey. Well, just what about the importance of... Sorry. There's the relationship between the coach and the relationship between, say, the business manager. What about the coaching from the business manager to the team, you know, especially admin staff, and the importance of training them as well? Mm. That, and I guess we've probably touched on that that's one of the biggest challenges too. So uh, where, where do you actually start with that? Well, I think one of the, the best drivers is starting to uh, put in place strategies that are going to develop the culture of your team. And I think one of the best things, if you're, you're working there, and this is obviously uh, not for practices that are just starting out, but when you, when you do have a team and you're having challenges with them, is to set aside some time, even if it's half a day, to do that values exercise, to talk with everybody and say, okay, look, these are, we have this practice at the moment and we've probably got uh, things that we aspire to and you may like to define those. Uh, you have things that you think, yeah, this is really important um, as, as a practitioner, like, uh, you know, um, you, you need to be sincere and you need to be caring and all that kind of stuff. You need to go a lot way beyond that as a, a practice owner because every single practitioner will have to be caring and, and be sincere and all of those kinds of things. What are the values that uh, make you stand out from everybody else? And what is, what would, um, what would be the defining or the core values that define how you like to think about your practice? So you do an exercise with the team to just like, as the owner, you should have these already, but, go through the exercise. You may get some distinctions around what those are through working with them. Um, so you can actually define, define those values and, and then that just helps everybody um, feel that they're part of something, to feel that their input is actually important, to feel that what they're doing is actually uh, having some impact on the bigger picture for the business, but also as a knock-on effect on every patient who actually comes through that practice. And so if they can feel that, then they'll have buy-in to help develop whatever it is that you're trying to develop. So I'd absolutely recommend going through, even if you can run it yourself, you could get a facilitator to do it, um, but to, to work on that bigger picture values as a, start, as a starter. One recommendation, that I would make, and a lot of people would probably have seen this guy because he's done a TED talk. His name is Simon Sinek. He originally wrote a book called Start With Why. And even if you don't want to read the book, I'd recommend just doing a, a, a Google search for Start With Why, uh, Simon Sinek, and watching his TED talk, as if I think it's probably almost eight or nine years ago that he did the original TED talk on Start With Why, but it's a well worth the 18 minutes of your time that it takes to watch that TED talk. And that is the kind of thing that you can show your team and also work through what he talks about in that video um, with your team. So that they then get, you know, real buy into what you're all trying to do and that they feel they have input to it. And um, then from that, 
you can then start working on the bigger picture. I think communication um, is one of the other really important things too, and and getting your your formal communication, not just you know, obviously you pass each other in the hallway on a day-to-day basis, but putting some formal cadence around that communication. So with your, your front of house team, it might be a weekly admin meeting. If you're a bigger practice, it might be a weekly leadership meeting as well. Uh, and making sure that you're doing regular mentoring with your podiatrist. So that might be a... a um, a monthly CPD evening, for example, where somebody shares something back to the team that they've learned each month. Um, so that constant formalised communication, as well as the, the other communication that you have with your team members, uh, helps really develop that culture. And again, culture, as one of my mentors suggests, is eight times more impactful than strategy on outcomes that you're trying to achieve in the practice. Mm-hmm. It comes to the question of, of, of again, of staff training and that old cliche about the dangers of not training them. You know, it's sort of yeah, all been there. Yeah, don't want to pay uh, because they might leave. But then, if you if you don't train them, what happens if they stay? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that that's brilliant. Yeah, do you want to try that question you had again? In you just froze. That's why I sort of took over a wee bit there. <laughs> That last question you had. Uh, I don't. I. I don't think it was that great. I can't. I can't remember exactly what I was saying. But don't. Know. If it. If it comes to me. If it comes to me, I'll post it in the comments and I'll tag uh, Jono in it and he can reply to it. Um, I can't remember okay. what it was now. No. I'll. I'll watch it back and I'll watch it back at some point and I'll get my train of thought. So. Sure. It wasn't okay, gold. It wasn't gold. Don't worry. No. no. That's great. I think we've been going for an hour, so that that's been been great. So thanks, thanks, Jonathan and. Obviously, this is the, the Podiatry Hive website, and we'll put a link, or Jonathan wants to put a couple of links to some of the resources in the chat below. Um, so thanks again, Jonathan, for getting up so early in the morning with me. And um, it's been a, a very, very useful sort of hour. hour. Um, hopefully, everyone else has found well, um, For those that have joined late, and I noticed there is quite a few people that have come on late. I see a few Australians getting out of bed and coming on. Um, if you come back in 10 minutes, we'll be rendered on... Facebook. We'll have it up on YouTube later on today and on the website after that. So thanks again, Jonathan, and thanks, Ian. Thanks, Jono. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Ian. Been a pleasure.